So you heard it first from the Gospel of Mark this morning. Just to be clear, beware of scribes in long robes. <laughs> beware, my sisters and brothers. This week, as I was reflecting on the widow of Zarephath, I received a phone call from someone we have helped on and off over the past year and a half here in the parish. She called because she was desperate for help with rent, and she came, and we talked, and she said to me plaintively, a woman who is raising her son alone and is holding down as much work as she possibly can to make ends meet, she said the next step is that we will have to go to a homeless shelter. And I thought of the widow of Zarephath out there in front of the gate in Sidon gathering up those sticks so that as she puts it before Elijah, we can go make our last meal, eat it, and then die. Also this week came news of the death of René Girard a professor at Stanford University. It's hard to overstate Girard's influence on theology and numerous other disciplines, both in the last century and in this one. He may turn out to be one of the most important voices of Western civilization in the past millennium, if not the past two. He was one of those rare people who is able to bring together multiple disciplines and to see clearly and incisively what is going on in the very foundations, the very roots of our society, and not just ours, but societies that have come before us, going back from even before recorded history began. Gerard's thesis is unnervingly simple. He calls his perspective mimetic theory, but at the heart of his thesis is that all society and all human endeavor is rooted and based in a sacrificial system. That is, society always is looking for someone to sacrifice in order to assuage itself of an ongoing lack of peace. And when that soul is sacrificed, society experiences peace for a time. And then that unsettled feeling begins to creep back in, and there is a desire to look for another sacrifice. That means society is always, always a place where there is violence of some kind going on. Some of it is covert, some of it is overt, but it is always happening just beneath the surface. Now, Girard appeals to scripture and looks deeply at the message of the gospel 
And certainly, I think he would tell us that what is going on in today's stories is an example of his mimetic theory. Elijah has confronted the corrupt king of Israel, Ahab, and has prophesied a drought which has come, and Elijah and all others are suffering from this drought, and Elijah is sent not to someone within Israel, this is something Jesus will point out, by the way, later on in his hometown, it's been enormous trouble, that's another sermon for another day. Elijah is sent outside of Israel to the north, to what is now Syria, to Sidon, where he meets this widow at the gate. Now, widows in the ancient world were at the lowest rung of society and were the most vulnerable, were the most marginalized. And this widow, therefore, is suffering violence from multiple quarters. She is suffering violence from her own society. She has lost her husband, her only source of income, and her only source of security. And her son, if you continue to read in the story, is her last remaining hope, and he too is vulnerable. And on top of that has come the drought and the violence that that brings to her life. And so she is confronted with being in need and having nothing to assuage that need. And then here comes this strange man from the south, this wild prophet, who speaks to another god, and he asks her to provide him with hospitality. Out of the nothing that she has. Her witness, her faith, you might say, is to offer it to him, even though it leaves even less than nothing for herself and her son. But Gerard would say, more than just an exemplar of faith, she herself is a prophet. Because Gerard argues that all those who are truly victims of the systemic violence of society are prophets. Now we have to be careful because we live in a society where victimhood is glorified, right? And a lot of people claim to be victims, whether they are or they are not. But Gerard says the true victims, the ones who are the scapegoats, are the prophets in our midst. And so we fast forward in time to the first century where Jesus is with his followers at the temple treasury. And he is bearing witness to what is going on in that hallowed institution where scribes in long robes, the priestly class, the elites of Jerusalem are milking the people for all they are worth to make themselves comfortable. And they are doing that in the name of God. And the overt sacrificial system is the one where people come, sometimes at great expense, 
and at great risk to offer animal sacrifices year after year to atone for their sins. But the covert sacrificial system is the one that devours widows' houses and leaves the marginalized in the dust to struggle invisibly, unseen by the wider society. Jesus sees the widow when it seems no one else does and perceives her radical act of giving the last that she has not because she is a great exemplar of sacrificial giving which is a spooky thought because that is what has been preached in Christian churches for a long time but because she is a prophetic witness she is a holy victim. And Jesus, as you can imagine, who sees the end of his path, identifies with her above all others. The woman who came to see me this week works for a local company here in Marin and has done so faithfully for several years. But like many companies in this new, or you could say old, economy of ours, they are trimming back hours of their most faithful workers and bringing in other people so that they can build out a part-time staff. Keeps them from having to pay benefits keeps the costs down and the profit margins high. And so here she is, a prophetic witness, standing in the doorway to the office this week. Invisible, perhaps, to many of us, but yet witnessing to the power of faith in the face of a sacrificial system. Our challenge, my sisters and brothers, is that we are all part of and have all benefited from today's version of the same sacrificial system that Jesus was wrestling with in his own time. We may not have a temple and animal sacrifice. We may not be the Roman Empire that manifested centuries later where Christianity became at its center. We may not be crusaders. You can name whatever period of history you like, but we experience the same suffering and the same covert and overt way in which we sacrifice some in our midst so that the rest may be comfortable. It's an unpleasant thought that Gerard leaves us with as he departs this life but, but, he says, there is hope. And this is where he turns back to the story of the gospel in which Jesus voluntarily offers himself to this sacrificial system to bear witness, to shine a light upon it, to say to us and everyone across the ages in a profound sense that the emperor has no clothes.
And by doing so, he begins to pull at one of the threads of that system so that the whole thing is at risk, at risk of unraveling. That is our calling. Thanks be to God, we had money in the discretionary fund because of your generosity that I could help this mother and her son stay out of homelessness for at least another month. But you see, the message of today's gospel is that is not enough by itself. Because we are all called to be more than generous. We are called in whatever way we can to shine a light on the system of violence that is at the foundation of our society and to begin pulling at those threads wherever we can find them in the hope that it will come undone. To be prophets wherever we find ourselves sometimes when necessary, giving everything we have so that we may shine a light on that which brings death and run the hope, not the risk, but the hope of ushering in new life. I urge you this week to look at your lives wherever you are, see the work of that sacrificial system and find that thread to pull. And perhaps see the widow with the two copper coins, the widow of Zarephath. To see as God sees, to dream as God dreams. And then to rejoice when you find that the jar is never empty, and that the kingdom is at hand. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and a journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R M-V for Mill Valley dot O-R-G We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.